I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Welcome. It is The Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Ben Ferguson with you. It is a moment that finally happened. Many of you were asleep, but we have a new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And here's what it sounded like. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic? that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you're about to enter. So help you, God. Yes, I do. Congratulations and Godspeed. That was it. Happened late in that, well, I should say technically early in the morning. Senator, your prediction on this podcast was spot on. You said you thought they would get a deal done Friday night. It happened Friday night into Saturday morning. Pretty uh, spot on. Congratulations for that prediction. Well, I will say when we talked about this on on Wednesday morning's pod, uh, what, what you and I predicted together, I said that I thought the most likely outcome was that Kevin McCarthy would cut a deal uh, with the holdouts, and in particular that he would cut a deal with Chip Roy, that Chip Roy really was the leader of the 20. Uh, And the reason I thought that is because Chip was focused, I think quite rightly, on changes to the rules, changes to how the House conducts business on substance. Some of the people uh, involved in this leadership battle, I think, had had real personal animosity to Kevin McCarthy. I think Chip, to his credit, was not mo- motivated by that. He was motivated by changing the broken way that Washington operates. And 
Uh, what you and I talked about Wednesday morning on this podcast is I, I thought the most likely outcome was Kevin and Chip would reach a deal. He would make some significant concessions, uh, and those concessions would be enough, and McCarthy would be elected. Uh, ultimately, at about 1 in the morning, uh, late last night, that's exactly what happened. It took uh, it took a few more hours than we had predicted, but not much. It was about, about the same time period. Uh, and, and I will say... What Chip and the other dissenters accomplished was a really big deal. Um, There was a lot of drama because there was a vote at 11 p.m. where I think McCarthy and leadership thought they had the votes, and they ended up falling just short because many of the dissenters dropped off, but there remained a handful who didn't, and it it led to uh, it led to some interesting drama. Um, it led to, and, and in particular, you also had uh, during the day two votes uh, that were missing. One, Wesley Hunt, a new congressman from Houston, actually my congressman, who had to fly back to Houston because his wife had just delivered a baby, his son, who was born prematurely, and, and, and they were having to care for uh, his son. He flew back to Houston to be with them and then turned around and was there for the late night vote. His vote was needed at the end, and he, and he was there for the late night vote. Uh, but it, uh, it 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 got a little wild and wooly, and including uh, at one point, Mike Rogers, a Republican from Alabama, <laughs> yeah, um, had to be physically restrained from from taking a swing and 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 coming after Matt Gates. That that was uh, I, I'm not sure I've I've seen the beginnings of an actual bar fight on the floor of the House, uh, but it 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 came pretty close. Uh, I was wondering night. if that was a new COVID uh, certified mask for Congress, right? The hand over the face and restraining. I'm like, maybe that'll count as a new COVID mask. But at the end of the day, all of the uh, histrionics about, oh, this is terrible. This is the end of the republic. Now, the Democrats were, of course, crowing. You would expect them to crow. That's what they're going to do regardless. The media went on and on. But, but I've got to say... The agreements that they ended up getting were significant. Now, let me throw a caveat that the rules package has not yet been voted on. The plan is to vote on that on Monday. And so the devil is always in the details. And it, it, it could, you know, this is at this point what's been publicly reported. But among other things that have publicly been reported, here are elements of the deal that, that have been reported in the press. Number one, that the rules package ends proxy voting, which means members of the House actually have to show up and do their damn jobs. One of the bizarre things Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats did in the name of COVID is allowed House members to be sitting on the beach thousands of miles away and cast votes by proxy. That was always nuts. I believe it's unconstitutional. I can tell you the Senate never did it. Schumer and the Senate never did it. If you're not in the Senate, you don't vote. You have to be on the floor of the Senate. In fact, the way the Senate votes is so old school, you literally are standing on the floor of the Senate and the clerk call, calls out your name, uh, Mr. Ferguson, and and you say, I or nay, and, and they write it down with a pencil on a, on, a, on a little, uh, on a long skinny card that has the names of all 100 senators on it. Yeah, voting that way, I think, is, is just, I, I, there's so much history in it. I, I was, at one time when I was 13 years old, Newt Gingrich allowed me to go down the floor of the house with Bob Dornan, and Bob let me hit uh, after he put his key, you know, his card in, hit the green button on a vote 
uh, with him when I was 13. I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I love the old school side of that and, and having people be present. I also think it builds camaraderie and conversation over legislation. And, and let's go through some of what's in play here. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our incredible friends over at Patriot Mobile. If you've got a cell phone, you need to check out Patriot Mobile because every time you use your phone, every time you send a text, and every time you pay your bill, you will be supporting conservative causes that we believe in. We're talking about defending the First and Second Amendment rights, the rights of the unborn, helping with adoptions, funding of those adoptions. That's why uh, we love Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is a conservative Christian cell phone company, the only one. And instead of giving your money to Big Mobile, uh, where they're fighting against your traditional family values, Patriot Mobile was started so that you could work with a company that actually made a difference with every phone call you make. Patriot Mobile also gives you nationwide coverage. They give you unlimited talk and text. They give you the exact same coverage you have right now because you'll be using the exact same cell phone towers. Except when you pay your bill, you'll be standing up for the values you believe in. So check them out. PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. That's PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. Use the promo code verdict. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash verdict. Now, there's well, this... Go proxy ahead. Voted at, proxy voting ended. Also, remote committee hearings ended. So if you want to have a hearing, get your butt to the hearing. That 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 was important. Uh, but, but there are also a whole series of additional uh, agreements that are apparently in, in the rules package, although, as I said, the devil's in the detail. One is the single-purpose rule. Uh, the House, for a long time, one real source of mischief is cramming a gazillion things into a rule into a rule rather than uh, just have it focus on a single purpose. That that's a good thing. Uh, related to that is the germaneness protocol, which is again a requirement that if things are added to a bill, that they be germane. Essentially, they be relevant to the bill. That you can't just add completely unrelated matters to a pending bill. Um, there's another element that is apparently part of it, and it's a return of what's called the Holman Rule which allows reducing spending at agencies and reorganizing agencies. It's an appropriation rule the House has had that enables them to get into the budget of executive agencies. That's significant. Um, another element is the 72-hour rule that delays anything from moving forward 72 hours so that you have time to actually read the damn bill before you vote on it. That's significant. Um, there is an agreement to have a church-style committee to investigate weaponization of organizations like the FBI and the DOJ. And, and Ben, you and I have been calling for that for a long time. As you know, my last book, Justice Corrupted, How the Left Has Weaponized Our Legal System, is entirely about the abuse of power at the DOJ and the FBI and the CIA. I think we very much need a serious church-style committee investigating it, and that's part of the agreement. And then the two that were the biggest deals, that were the biggest, the, the most hotly contested, uh, were having a motion to vacate the chair that one member could bring. And that means any individual member at any time can go down and move to vacate the chair, and you have to have 218 people vote for McCarthy to stay speaker. That apparently is in there. 
And then the final one that is apparently in there is seats for conservatives on the rules committee and on other committees. And that's that's in order to give real fiscal conservatives leverage to fight against another bad omnibus bill, another $1.7 trillion monstrosity that just got rammed through, uh, putting people in positions on committees that they can prevent that from happening. All of those are a huge, huge deal at the outset. The naysayers said conservatives couldn't get any of these. And, and, and I got to say, look, it's, it's a testament to my friend Chip Roy. It's a testament to the other conservatives who are standing up and behaving in a principled manner. And at the end of the day, it's a testament to Kevin McCarthy for reaching an agreement that I think is a reasonable, a positive agreement, agreement that's good for the House um, and is going to give more power to Republicans, more power to conservatives, more leverage to the House to stand up to Chuck Schumer and to stand up to Joe Biden. There was a question that was asked of me, and it was one that I wanted to ask to, to you. Somebody said, was this worth it? And I said, yes. And they said, why? And I said, just the transparency will save the American taxpayers uh, countless dollars. How much money do you think the American people, are we in the billions of dollars that can be saved just because of the way these rules changes and the transparency of not being able to cram so much into a bill with all of this different pork? You know, I'm sorry to tell you, you're off by an order of magnitude. Um, it, 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 we're in the billions of dollars before Monday morning. Um, it, we are likely in the trillions of dollars. Wow. Um, this is a big deal. If, if conservatives have more leverage to force real fiscal restraint to stop the out-of-control spending that is bankrupting the country, that is driving record inflation, that is putting crushing debt to China on this country, that's a big deal. And, and in the last couple of years, the federal government has spent more time than in the entire history of the universe and the only way it's going to stop is if Republicans have a backbone to stand and fight to make it stop. This battle this week significantly enhanced the tools for fiscal conservatives to be able to stop the radical abuses of the last two years. I want to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able, place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception. And at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just $28, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of 1000 2000 20000 All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. 
That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Talk about tribalism for a moment. The House has a lot more members than the Senate does. In the Senate, I think you guys get to know each other a lot faster. You get to work with each other across party lines. In the House, it's so much bigger, and there's different fractions within the Democratic Party. The squad, for example, AOC and kind of her group. You have the Freedom Caucus, and you've had the Tea Party groups, and you've had so many different fractions. I actually think one of the biggest blessings in disguise that's going to come out of this week and these 15 votes is there were a lot of walls and maybe misconceptions about individuals who had conversations they would have never had, interactions they would have never had. And now moving forward, there may be a much better line of communication between people because we, I mean, you were watching it like I was. It was really interesting to see people that you would assume would never be speaking to each other, that were talking to each other intently, vote after vote after vote. That may be a big blessing. Well, I think it is, and, and I think it's also a blessing to have leadership that is responsive to the members. Now, listen, Kevin McCarthy's never been speaker, so we'll see what kind of tenure he has as speaker. Um, you know, I've told you before, I like Kevin personally. He and I have a good relationship. Um, but there certainly have been speakers in the past who were autocratic, who were dictators, who just laid out, this is what we're going to do, shut up and obey. Uh, Nancy Pelosi does that. Uh, John Boehner did that. It was one of the things that caused him to be driven from the speakership is his members got tired of, of being mistreated and, and him, him viewing it as, as essentially his reign rather than reflecting the views of the conference. Um, I think this process uh, is likely to have made Speaker McCarthy significantly more responsive to the views and concerns of the conference. And I think that's healthy. I think that's what leadership should do. You're right, the House and Senate are very different. Look, the House has 435 members. Right now it has 434 because one one member just recently passed away, a Democrat from Virginia. Um, You know, you have about 200 in each party. You compare that to the Senate. In the Senate, we've got 49 Republicans. 49 is not that much. I mean, we have lunch together. The 49 of us have lunch together. Every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. 
we know each other really well. I mean, you, 49 people, you build relationships, and senators stay there sometimes longer than, you know, granite monuments in Washington. So <laughs> yeah. when you've been working with people for years and then for decades, and it's a small group, those interpersonal relationships can be one of the real keys uh, to getting things accomplished. One of the one of the reasons why I win a lot of the battles that I'm fighting in the Senate is at this point my colleagues know that I don't bluff, that that I don't engage in fights based on personalities. I don't make it personal, but I focus on substance. I say, if you want my vote, I need X. If I don't get X, my vote is no. If I get X, my vote is, is Y. One of the reasons I'm, I'm really proud of the job Chip did is that's exactly how he handled negotiating. it. He didn't get emotional. He didn't get angry. He said, if you want my vote, here's what I need. And at the outset, people said, oh, that's ridiculous. You'll never get concessions like that. And at the end of the day, math is math. And it turned out they needed his vote. And getting Chip's vote was the critical piece to, to bringing the rest of the group on board and getting McCarthy the votes. That responsiveness is important. And you're right, the relationships between the members. You, you know, you got to remember, there's also always a lot of turnover in the House. The House today is a very different House than it was five years ago. It's a very different House than it was 10 years ago. They're just... It's a body that has significantly more churn. So some of these folks are brand new. You, you had three uh, representative elects who'd never been congressmen, who were literally just elected, uh, and they finally got sworn in last night, who were part of the rebels forcing the rule change. That will impact the job they do going forward if you're part of that at the outset. But, but the relationships between and across different factions hopefully will be positive. Now, there may be some hurt feelings. People were really uh, ratcheted up and pissed off, and so I, I'm not being Pollyannish and suggesting it'll all be uh, uh, loves and kisses. Uh, but, but I do think this process, it was transparent, it was democratic, and at the end of the day, it substantially increased the tools to stop the reckless spending that has fueled the record inflation and that has has bankrupted the country. I think that is a really good thing. Grabbing agenda items that can bring the Republican Party together early on, I think it's going to be key to Kevin McCarthy's success. He announced last night at 1.20 a.m. Eastern that the first piece of business the House is going to bring up is going to be something that's very important, I know, to you, you helped expose this. You talked about the, how big of a threat this was to the American people. Uh, it deals with the IRS agents, 87,000. And here is what the speaker elected last night, 1.20 a.m. I know the night is late, but when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for 87,000 new IRS. I mean, Senator, if you want to get everybody to get together real quick, this was a pretty brilliant move by him to say that, saying, I know it's late, I know you're tired, but when we come back Monday, get ready. And that was a standing ovation you just heard. Yeah, no, that was exactly the right thing to do. It was very smart. It was very savvy. As you know, uh, it's something that I've been calling on, on the House to do as their first bill. I said it on the trail, campaigning for a lot of these guys. Standing next to you in a number of instances saying when we win a majority in the House, the very first bill the House should take up is repealing 
the funding for the 87,000 new IRS agents. I'm glad Kevin agreed with what I and others had called for. Um, that's a strong, unifying message. It draws a clear contrast with the Democrats. I think that's good. I will point out, so you and I both stayed up uh, till the whole thing was over. We were watching it live. We watched the votes, the, the final votes, everyone coming in, all the drama, everyone holding their breath, everyone knowing how, how are the last few holdouts going to vote. Are they going to vote for McCarthy? Are they going to vote present? Are they going to vote for someone else? And at the end of the day, there were no votes for someone else in the last ballot. There were a handful that voted present but allowed McCarthy to get in. Um, after that... You had speeches. You had a pause, and then you had speeches, and you had a speech from Akeem Jeffries, and then a speech from Kevin McCarthy. And I and I will say, for people that didn't watch Akeem Jeffries' speech last night, it, it was consequential. Um, I I don't know Hakeem Jeffries. I I have not not dealt with him. Um, I haven't really seen him give a speech until last night. Watching it. His tone, his rhythm, his speaking pattern, his way of communicating is eerily reminiscent of Barack Obama. It is. I was saying the same thing as I was watching him going, wow, this is Barack Obama 2.0. Um, you know, someone on, on Twitter tweeted out, if Barack Obama and Martin Luther King had a son... He'd be Akeem Jeffries. Now, that that may be a bit much. I, I actually put Dr. King in a whole different class. But Barack Obama is a very talented communicator, and it led to eight years in the White House as a result of it. There were more than a few Democrats. There are more than a few Democrats in the Democratic presidential field who watched that speech last night and said, oh, crap. Um, that that was that speech last night reminded me of Obama's speech at the Democratic National Committee, where he talked about there are, that there there are, there are not red states and blue states. We are the United States of America. The messages and themes that he was echoing were really powerful. And he also he gave a long speech. He gave a speech to Democrats. That was, look at all the great things we did destroying our country the last two years. And if you're a radical socialist, you would have been cheering like crazy. But he gave a speech saying, we're great. And the guys that are taking over, they suck. I mean, it was it was it was not gracious, given that he was literally introducing Kevin McCarthy and handing the gavel to him. There, there, there was no graciousness whatsoever. It was a partisan speech, but what made it dangerous is it was a partisan speech that was very eloquent, and 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 basically and clearly pre, pre, pre-planned. I mean, they planned that. Oh yeah, no, no that that was a written speech. He was not talking off the cuff, and and basically he hijacked the night. It, it was impressive. You know, McCarthy wasn't happy, but there's not really much you can do. You can't walk up and shut him up. But Jeffries basically hijacked the night. Now. It was late enough at night. I don't know how many people listened to it, but there were millions of people across the country that looked at this guy and said, this guy is a force to be reckoned with. When, when you look at moving forward now next week, 
what advice do you have for these new members as they try to, you know, get their rhythm, get their feet under them? I mean, the way that they got (laughs) baptism by fire in this last week, yeah, they're going to take a lot from that. But now we're going to the regular order and and kind of a normal cycle and, and, and feel here. What advice do you have to new members uh, of Congress? What do you wish somebody would have said to you when you were first elected, if you could go back and do it all over again? Well, the advice that I, I consistently give to new members, either in the House or the Senate, uh, is, is really simple. Do what you said you would do. Whatever you promised the voters on the trail to do, follow through on that commitment. And a component of that is don't just listen blindly to leadership. You don't work in the House for Kevin McCarthy. I don't work in the Senate for Mitch McConnell. Your boss is the men and women who elected you. My boss are the 30 million Texans. Ben, you're my boss. You're a Texan. I work for you. And so new members sometimes can get confused and think leadership, oh, I'm supposed to follow orders from leadership. No. Follow orders from the men and women who elected you and do in January what you said you would do in October. And any member that does that, it's a radical thing. That doesn't happen very often. I do think this fight this week helped. I'll be talking with a lot of these House members. I very deliberately did not talk to the House members when this was happening. Um. I I consciously, many of the people engaged in this fight are close friends of mine. I decided, okay, I'm going to stay out of this. I'm going to let them work out their own leadership battles. These are big boys and girls. They can figure it out themselves. Uh, But I I will talk to all of them in the coming days. And, uh, you know, I think the focus needs to be very much on results, on substance. How can we deliver for the American people? How can we fight to change uh, the, the, the corrupt culture of Washington, these rules changes are a big step in that direction. By the way, there was one other concession that I didn't mention, but it was publicly reported, which is McCarthy saying that he's going to stay out of Republican primaries and stop spending money trying to defeat conservatives in Republican primaries. If, if, if McCarthy's super PAC follows through on that, that's a big deal, too. All of those concessions were real and and significant changes in in how the house conducts itself how, how significant is that it it, it 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 when you look at the amount of money that mccarthy super PAC could come in and spend in a primary uh, um, in multiple what, primaries mccarthy super PAC spent millions of dollars supporting one republican attacking another republican in almost every circumstance when given a choice between a moderate and a conservative mccarthy super PAC would put the money behind the moderate and would attack the conservative and that was nationally tens of millions of dollars were spent doing that at least publicly they've made a commitment they're not going to do that again that that will matter for this next cycle because we'll have contested primaries and and if if, if mccarthy's PAC is not trying to put a thumb on the scale, that means conservatives are going to be have a better chance of prevailing on the merits in the primaries. When you look at this overall fight, what is your biggest takeaway as we move forward into this new Congress from this when you say, all right, this is the best thing, this may be the worst thing, and this is my biggest, you know, throw it up in the air and I'm not sure what's going to happen moment. Uh, 
My biggest thing is smart, principled fights matter. That you should engage in real, serious, meaningful fights, not show fights, but fights where you have a plan, where you have a strategy, and where you have a real outcome that can be delivered. So I'll tell you, um, last night at 11.23 p.m., that's Texas time, so it's 12.23 p.m., D.C. time. It was when the final vote uh, was ongoing. Uh, was the first time I, I, I reached out to Chip as the final vote was happening. And I'll tell you what I texted Chip last night. I texted Chip, Chip, what you've accomplished this week is a big damn deal. You handled yourself with grace, skill, calm resolve, savvy, and principle. I'm proud of you, my friend, as is the state of Texas. Ted. That's a message that was very heartfelt. Uh, but as I said, I, I didn't want to convey anything like that until everything was, was said and done and it was over. And now I, I, I hope for a world of success for the House Republican majority. They're the one lever point we have. I hope Kevin McCarthy's speakership is the most successful speakership in history. And that, that these rule changes firm up his resolve to fight smart principled, consequential battles. If we do that in the House, we'll be doing our job. And that, by the way, not only helps save the Republic right now, but fighting smart, principled, consequential battles will also help Republicans dramatically to win in 2024, to have a much bigger majority in the House, to win the Senate, and to win the White House. If we stand and fight and deliver, the voters reward that by showing up and voting, and so I, 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 I think this week was a big step in the right direction. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, what this House is able to do now and how much money that we're going to save the American people just by these rules changes that were wor- worth fighting over. You were right when you said it. Uh, this was going to get figured out. This is worth it. This battle was going to be worth it, and it was going to be figured out. I think there's a lot of good that's going to come from this new relationships built in the House uh, and there's a lot of other big fights that are going to be happening. Immigration is going to be one of those. Border security, the president getting involved on this issue. We're going to talk about that Monday, uh, his trip to the border. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, the auto download button, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you write us a five-star review center. Uh, it was fun to watch, uh, and uh, it's going to be really fun to see what Republicans get uh, moving forward. And we'll see every one of you back here on Monday morning. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.